Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Battle Topics. Um, I'm your host Roger Sierra. I'm your host Talon Williams. And I'm Chip Hazard. And today, oh do you want to take it? You can go ahead and take it. Talking to me or Chip? I heard you get I heard you. I heard you getting ready. Oh no! Okay. Right. No, no, no. You go ahead and do that. I'll read the blurb. You go ahead and uh, introduce. All right. So in this episode, we are doing. Um, we're going to read a, a list from Complex called the twenty-five rap albums from the past decade that deserve, you know, the classic status. And going over this list, um, Chip actually sent it. I'm surprised some of these aren't actually considered classics because to me, like I figured it was like a done deal with some of these, like immediately like classic status and, oh, yeah. but i did notice that like, there was a little blurb on the side that said um how long does it take for an album to be considered a classic um to me i mean it's considered a classic if it's if it makes an impact immediately you know what i'm saying yeah i think i, I, I agree like instant classics yeah yeah you know the christian cage out there right shout out uh <laughs> why not he don't he may never listen to this podcast i don't give a shit shout out to christian cage <laughs> see anyway no um the but you know the last as the last 10 years um we've had some pretty damn good albums you know um you know in the early 2000s we had good albums you know atlanta made its move it had you know we we went to like the crunk era of hip-hop houston you know the houston uh rap scene became big the bay area became big again you know, it's everything from Little Wayne, Gucci Mane, Mike Jones. I fed you the line. You didn't even go for it. Shit. <laughs> oh, well, I figured you were going to keep going. Who? I was waiting on you to say who. That's why I was going to go for it again. Anyway. 281-330-8004. Yeah. <laughs> so, and yes, the, the, the state of hip hop has changed a lot in the past 10 years. Like, a lot has changed in the past. Hell, hip hop's changed a lot in in the past 20 years, you know. Just yeah. you know, just just insane the way that it is. I mean, we went from, you know, everyone dropping, you know, EPs and LPs to now you can just stream it on stream it on, you know, any service that you want, any streaming service that you want now. Um but we are going to talk about 25 rap albums who in, you know, who according to complex.com deserve their classic status so uh chip you want to go ahead we'll go with the first one? uh I, I will uh because i i 100 agree with this and we're going to talk about 2002's the eminem show by eminem absolutely um you know so by 2002 eminem was a full-blown superstar anybody disagree with that oh, oh no not about 2002 i mean at that point he was number one yeah at, like at the top um so although he became part of pop culture's psyche he remained and in he made he remained as insular as ever on this album dealing with family issues fame and race <clears throat> while his first two albums focused on turning the mirror on america uh which he did admittedly here with an inescapable post 9-11 outlook this was in many ways eminem's most personal album agree or disagree I truly agree. Um, some of my favorite songs from are from this album by him. Actually, my favorite song by Eminem is on this album. What White America? Sing, we already had this discussion. White America is mine. No, we already had this discussion. Sing for the moment. No, I know. I'm saying. I was saying White America is mine. Oh, I thought Chip was right. saying that White America was mine. I'm like we know this conversation <laughs> anyway. <laughs> 
So um, he put a, a, a lot of shock and humor aside and took a serious look at how he'd gotten to where he was, uh, specifically in the songs Cleaning Out My Closet and White America. Uh, and then what it meant to be the status that it he was in in songs such as Till I Collapse and Sing for the Moment. Right. Uh, another hallmark of the Eminem show are the beats produced largely by Eminem himself. Uh, so this was like the first, you know, he'd been in the first two albums, he'd really been like sitting under that learning tree of Dr. Dre and everything and uh, you know, learning how to, to make beats and do production work and all that. And then yeah. uh, when it came to this album, he was like, you know what, Dre, I mean, you, you've really helped me along, but I really want to try to do this one uh, on my own kind of deal. Um, so, you know, he basically produced uh, most of this album. Uh, it says that there was a, a, a small assist from longtime collaborator Jeff Bass. Um, the album found Emmett rapping over some of the most high octane work of his career and sounding comfortable as ever on his own beats. Even when M wasn't behind the boards on records like Square Dance, which was pushing mentor Dr. Dre into new and unfamiliar territory, with his third massive album in a row, followed by a hugely successful biopic and soundtrack later that year, obviously talking about 8 Mile and the soundtrack, right? Uh, Eminem cemented his place as one of the most important figures in rap history on the Eminem show. Yeah. I think the reason that why this one is overlooked or not considered a classic is because Eight Mile did come out at that same time and it sort of overshadowed this album. Right. I think so. Yeah. But no, like White America, <sighs> um I'll it's my favorite one on the album. Uh one of my favorite Eminem songs in general. Um I mean most of these songs, like you were talking about, is a different style than his. He wasn't goofy or anything like that. Um, we talked about it before that at this point, Eminem is no longer really doing the Slim Shady persona, but more mixing the Marshall Mathers into his, you know, style. Right. Right. And then, oh. and when he has, he's he's. I think this is the first time, in like, being very politically driven with songs like White America. And songs like even Square Dance is considered somewhat of a political, politicized song, especially in the second verse. Uh, he talks about, you know, with a plan to ambush the Bush administration. Um, basically, talking, he's like, I can't remember the exact wording off the top of my head. I'd open up another tab, but I don't want to fuck my computer up. Um, you know, I think it was something like, You just a baby getting recruited at 18. You're on a plane now eating their food and their baked beans, but I'm 28. They will take you before they take me. Basically, you know, them implement if they ever implemented a draft system again, you know, it would be, you know, the the the, the young people going first before he ever, you know, gets his name called or whatever. Um, right. You know, and yeah, a, you know, a lot of songs on this album were very, you know, very, very, very personal, especially the song Cleaning Out My Closet was just, I mean, yeah. I mean we talked about it sparingly, you know, um, in the past, but I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, and then of course, sing for the moment. You know, and till I collapse. You know, two songs that are you know, very much like, especially the song till I collapse. It will push you. Like if you if you're on a playlist at the gym or whatever, like yeah, it's definitely something that'll get you uh, you know in the mood to you know 
do some, you know. Yeah. Oh, one of my favorite songs on this album uh, doesn't get a whole lot of play at all, even from like hardcore fans. But it's the uh, "Say What You Say" featuring Dr. Dre. Uh, we talked about it uh, two weeks ago on the first episode of, or the first edition of Rap Rewind, how uh, M and Dre just have this like just this chemistry like none other and how they can go back and forth seamlessly uh on any track they're on and this one right here just proves uh without a shadow of doubt that those dudes like if they put out a whole album just to do it like as instant classic yeah Yeah, absolutely i mean instant classic absolutely absolutely all right you got the next one raj yeah, um, <clears throat> so the next one on the list, um, to be frank, um, the only reason I know about this album um, is because of Def Jam Fight for New York, where I, that's where I first learned about Scar, well, not where I first learned, because I knew about the Ghetto Boys, but who I actually, when I first met, who Scarface was. Um, so the next one is Scarface, um, the album The Fix, Um so Scarface is one of hip hop's most revered legends. Um, he received a mid-career boost via Def Jam in the early 2000s um, with the aid of a few classic Kanye West production assists and a killer Nas first. Um, Scarface managed to release a record in the new millennium that stands with some of his, his greatest work, uh, solo work of the early 90s, from the Nor-like In Cold Blood to the uh, Roberta Flack sampling Reminiscences My Block. Um, Scarface's gravitas seemed to only increase with age his uh, world weary vocals a hard fought sign of his wisdom um, on my block it's probably my favorite song by Scarface ever because um, I mean he is talking about growing up on the streets of Houston and how they had to survive and everything like that seeing some of his you know boys being killed and whatnot um, just growing up you know in the streets, how it was for him, especially back in his era, like the seventies and eighties, you know, growing up in the crack era. I mean, he paints, right. like we, we always talk about how, uh, we love songs that paint pictures. We love storytelling. And that song paints such a great picture of like how hard it was back in the day. But he also talks about, you know, having fun and stuff, you know, I, the thing with the image of the hood is it's always bad when right. it's not, there's, a lot of bad, but they're still good. Did you ever see the and, music video for this for this song? Yep. Yeah, I thought the music video was very clever. You know, it was very, and especially because you know they were the Roberta Flock uh, sampled uh, with the piano keys and things of that nature. You know, it's like dun, dun, dun. I can't. That's that. That's that Kanye man. Yeah, like Kanye yeah. produces them classics, man. Do, I mean, it, and it was a and it was a good beat. Like I can clearly see, you know, anybody rapping over that beat and over that sample, but the way that. Scarface did it and the story that he was telling throughout it, it kind of fit. You know what I mean? Like the, the beat, yeah. the sample, and the, well, the lyrics kind of it, it all came together and just fit perfectly together. And not only that, I mean, like it like the um little article says that his world weary vocals, um, uh, like his voice fit that like beat perfectly because the beat is very light and up, but he has such a like a old like grainy graspy voice yeah. and it just somehow blends so well together yeah right yeah but uh no like i'm i'm surprised this one like i said like a lot of these like i said when we were talking earlier i would consider thought they'd be considered a classic already um i don't know how it's not i mean right it even talks about how i mean what he started doing was the ghetto boys when in the late 80s 
and the fact that he still he was still pumping albums out in the two thousands and good albums. I mean, I got the man's very underrated. Well, I mean, I got well, I got to be completely honest and be honest. I I don't think I've ever listened to this entire album. I know the song My Block, um, mm-hmm. and then because I seen it on uh, Rap City the Basement, and then I remember uh, the song In Cold Blood because that was a part of the Def Jam Vendetta video game. Yeah. Um, and um, that's really the, the fix was on Fight for New York. The song The Fix was on Fight for New York. It was actually the name of a finisher too. Okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to go back and look at it then. I have to go back and look. I'm, it might be one of those. Uh, so quick tidbit about Def Jam Fight for New York. Um, every game um, on each system had a different overall soundtrack. Really? Yes. Because yes. the uh, capacity of what they could do. The GameCube is the weakest one, has the least amount of stuff. Um, obviously, because the GameCube didn't have as much power as a Xbox and PlayStation. Um, I think the Xbox has the highest capacity. I had I had the Xbox one. I do too. I so it's pretty it. much it's all the same songs. It's just some like GameCube some missing some, and PlayStation might be mixing some, but Xbox pretty much at all of them. Yeah, I think I think a couple of them were also you know, cause so so the Xbox has the bug where comp plays all the time. That's not on the PlayStation though. It doesn't do that where it shuffles it all the time. Right. Yeah. Uh. So, uh. <clears throat> One of my first introductions to Scarface, aside from, like, I knew he was from Ghetto Boys, but, like, when he split away and started doing his own solo stuff was um, in 97. Do you guys remember the album, The Untouchable? And he had that song, uh, Smile. Um, uh, I think so, yeah. I sort of do. I know what you're talking about, but so not, like, it, 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 was, it was Smile featuring Tupac. Uh, but this was like they recorded the video or they recorded the song, obviously, before uh, Pac had passed away. But um, there was a lot of controversy over the video because there's a double that looks identical to Tupac in the video. And this was during the, the time where everybody was like really hardcore on the conspiracy of, you know, Tupac's not dead and everything right so uh if you get a chance go listen to that song for sure right yeah so all right um, yeah. so i digress yeah <laughs> all right uh next one we're going to talk about is Nas, and this is the lost tapes from 2002 um too often Nas albums get lambasted for either being bloated or littered with questionable productions so when the Lost Tapes, a collection of I Am and Stillmatic Leftovers, arrived in 2002 with just a mere 11 tracks and choice beats from Alchemist, LS, LES, and others, fans and critics alike were excited. Even enough, Nas delivered, and then some. Ask any diehard fan of the Queensbridge Spitter if name, to name their favorite Nas album, and Lost Tapes will certainly be at least in their top three. And why not? For, the, for a compilation album, it's surprisingly co- uh, con- consecutive and brimming with the choice lyrics, exercise, exercises, and narratives it, uh, that so many fans are calling for the second installment, which may or may not ever surface. So, do you guys ever remember this particular uh, compilation? I do. <clears throat> I do. Um, I mean, I was I liked Nas back in the day and everything. I still do like us but yeah when i heard about it it was like it's just a compilation of his leftover so i was like 
oh, so it's not really an album. Like in my mind, I was like, oh, it's not really a Nas album. It's just, you know, leftover stuff they're putting out just to get more money. Right. Right. But then when you hear it and then most people, for people to say, man, this is my top three, you know, which I think, I think, I think most people would probably say Illmatic and Steelmatic are probably the two best one and two, one and one and two, um, you know, um, but I think that's why this album gets so much love because it's got leftovers from Snowmatic. So, I mean, it's kind of got right. that bias already with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed his album, Hip Hop is Dead. And if you guys haven't heard it yet, um, King's Disease, which just came out last year, is really good. Yeah. No, uh, no. I, I got it on my uh, to listen to list. <laughs> yeah. I think um, wasn't, wasn't Suicide Bounce on this uh, particular Cause I don't remember it being on any of the other uh, big albums. I first heard that from uh, 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 Def Jam "Fight for New York." I think is when I first heard it. Um, Which song? No, 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 no. It wasn't Def Jam "Fight for New York." It was. It was another. Uh, it was another uh, video game concert. It was a song "Suicide Bounce." Um, Not on this one. Yeah. It was. So it no. wasn't on that one. I think that was. No. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that was just a he made a it just for that it? game. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think it's just a like a single because it was not because it was Nas Busta Rhymes and they sampled uh a J, they sampled Jay Z's uh Lights Out uh bar, um, but yeah, okay. So I, I, for whatever reason, I figured that it was on this because I don't remember it being on any of the major you know labels or any of the major albums, the the LPs or whatever. <clears throat> right but anyway. yeah um trying to think trying to see uh it's off the streets disciple album streets disciple album. Okay. okay i couldn't remember okay. which album it was on so so it was which streets disciple wasn't was a major release wasn't it yeah it's it's 2004 one so it's fifth or sixth album fifth album right Seventh album. Seventh album. Dang. Yeah. Because it goes Illmatic, it was written I am, uh, Nostradamus, Illmatic, Godson, Streets Disciple, and then Hip Hop is Dead. Then he had the uh, untitled album Life is Good, Nasir, and he just recently released King's Disease. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, got the next one. I think the next three. Uh, the next three is going to be pretty good for us. So go ahead, Bo. Uh, yep. Next up, uh, we get the uh, major record label debut of Fifty Cent with "Get Rich or Die Trying." Uh, and how this is this isn't a classic? I don't know why, but I I one hundred percent think like this is this is the one uh, for Fifty right now. I mean, it's um, literally 50 Cent's best album, in my opinion. Yeah. So, um, Get Rich or Die Trying wasn't just the most anticipated debut album since Doggy Style. It was also a major milestone in pop culture, breaking one of hip-hop's biggest stars, living up to the expectations, and transcending boundaries to become a truly climatic crossover moment for the genre. <clears throat> so, the record itself managed to balance it all. There 
there was its uh, heroes, mythos, and the backstory that rendered him a kind of hip-hop superhero. There was the flawless production, thanks in part to legendary guiding light, Dr. Dre. Uh, it was hip-hop without apology, helping to define the parameters of the genre and its widescreen blockbuster largesse. Uh, agree or disagree there? I agree. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think the album, it, I mean, the album itself, I mean, it came in with a whole lot of fanfare and did not disappoint. You know, there was so many, you know, fun songs. There was fun songs on the album. There was a little bit more some serious songs on the album. Um, uh, There's some court cases on the album. Yep. He had a love song on the album. Yep. Yeah. Like he has court cases, uh, love song. I mean, he did have a little bit of everything on this one. I mean, he did have a bunch of bangers. Like, a, he had, what, five, six videos for this weapon? One, two, three, four, five, six. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he had seven. He had ma- seven well, I mean, videos had, for this one. I mean, they had In the Club, 21 Questions, Many Men, PIMP. If I can't, Disco, or is Disco Inferno after that? Yeah. Uh, that's Disco second yeah, one. Yeah, that's the second one. I'm sorry. Patient, patiently waiting in the club. Heat, uh, PIMP, uh, twenty one questions, uh, many men, and gotta make it to heaven. Or no, that one wasn't. That was at the end of one, wasn't it? No, yeah, it was at the uh, end of one. Yeah, gotta make it to heaven for yeah. going through hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, like... <laughs> I mean this this, this album was a banger from uh, beginning to end, I believe. Oh. And it really is like I mean, and, and this is also like the song "Heat" is literally the the massacre of Jaw Rule. Wankster, yep. That was uh, uh, yeah. First, yeah. that was the first. Actually, a lot of people was like first time you heard uh, Fifty Cent was uh, in the club, and I'm like, first time I heard Fifty Cent was Wankster. Well, yeah. in the club was his first single that came out. Yeah, hit the, yeah, yeah. But the first time I heard, you know, which no, I take that back. Yeah, it was in the club. I remember Wankster and the upside then, down sit up. Say what? The upside down sit ups. Everybody remembers. Yeah. Yep. Go shout! It's your birthday. I'm like it's birth, not birth. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> you know, but no. Oh. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So, uh, one of my. I mean, I I really enjoy like Twenty One Questions uh, by Nate Dogg. That song or with featuring Nate Dogg. Uh, that song, it, it really always hits a spot with me for whatever reason. I don't even know why, but I really like that song. Right. Um, I mean, uh, he's he's trying to get down to the bottom of his ride or die. I mean, that's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I mean, for a guy going to prison and everything, seeing if, you know, he's actually got the girls who want to, you know, be loyal and stay with him. Yeah. I mean, he tells a good A lot of these, actually, almost all these tell a good um, story. story. I mean, uh, some, yeah. of his, some of his uh, singles... Like PIMP doesn't really tell a story. It's just a, it's just a club banger in the yeah. club. The club banger, right? Um, but no, I mean, but the rest of the album, just I mean, Many Men tells one of the best stories from like his shooting and everything like that. Right. Patiently yep. uh, waiting, him and um, Eminem go. Eminem goes off on that one. Does he not? When they people like Eminem every go off though. Like when does he, when, name one track that includes Eminem where Eminem don't go the fuck off and is the best rapper on the track. Uh, there's a few D12 ones where he's trying not to be the overbearer because he's trying to show off the other guys. Yeah. He's not giving his 100%. Okay. He's but, not He's not slouching, but he's but not. That's, but, that's, but that's D12. That's his boys. You know what I'm saying? Of course he's yeah. going to give his boys love. I'm talking about like when he, for example, Drop the World. 
when it was Wayne and M. Really, I mean, M slaughtered that. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't really listen to that one. Well, yeah, um, I mean, oh, that, that was also Wayne, Wayne trying to do rock music. So, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot that he did that album. That's when he was skateboarding and everything too. <laughs> yep. Oh, he tried. I mean, he can. <laughs> he can. He can ward it. I mean, at yeah. least he can. Uh, you know, drop in and ollie. Yeah. It better more than what I can do. Exactly. More than I can do. <laughs> um, so, so it's nearly impossible, it seems, for artists to debut with this level of success anymore in a distinguishing industry. For that reason, Get Rich or Die Trying also represented the high water mark of hip hop's domination of mainstream America. I, I mean, I don't disagree at all because I mean, this like like I said, this album, it it's. 15 tracks technically as an intro but it's not a song but right. um, it has 15 actual songs on it and I can't be like oh this is the best one on like they're all so good like it's so hard to say this is the best one or this one is the best one I mean Bloodhound with uh, Lloyd Banks and uh, Young Buck before they became G-Unit that's so good too yeah. like I'm uh, just going well, through it like looking and, at it I'm like don't man push me. Yeah, <laughs> yes. don't push me featuring Lloyd Banks and Eminem right like, I mean back down oof yeah, you know, this fifty don't back down. <laughs> if I can't do it, no, that that song probably to me is still uh it's so hard for me to say which one my favorite is. But if I can't, it might be my number one on that album. Uh, yeah. that that's a really good one. For it sure. is. Yeah, it it's is. so hard. Like on this, this is one of those albums. Like we talk about, like one we can listen from beginning to end, over and over again. Um, and it's just so hard to pick the best one because every like. Like if it's just him, he's he's killing it on his own. If he's got somebody on the feature, he's killing it. And so is his feature. I mean, yeah, almost I, every song paints a story. This is the only fifty album I can listen to from beginning to end. Yeah, Massacre dropped off a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Curtis didn't really do what it was supposed to do. But but Curtis also was going against Kanye West at the time. So oh yeah, right. right. All right. Actually, but, he was going against Graduation. Ooh, can't wait to we talk. Yeah. All right, we'll get. We're ready for the next one. <laughs> yeah, you. All right, you got. You got the next one, Raj. Yep. Next one's my boys, Dipset. Dipset. You know, love Dipset. But uh, the next one is the Diplomatic Immunity from the Diplomats, um, produced by um, the Heatmakers. Uh, yeah. Such like it's so weird because um, the main I can't remember his name, but the main guy who was the hit uh was part of uh heatmakers um he actually didn't have any equipment he made the sample of his friend's stuff uh for uh diplomatic immunity and everything for most of them and then he got paid and then buy stuff afterwards from this album wow that's crazy so, like he didn't even have his own studio or anything like that he was borrowing people's stuff and making it on the quick yeah I, I remember hearing about that yeah i, yeah. I never heard of that i never heard this <laughs> Well, so funny because they're like they asked him like, so how much you want for this, you know, uh, for this track? And he's like, I don't know. Like I just threw a number out there, and the dude's like, uh, I can do you better. And then he's like, they paid him like so he could buy the equipment instead of just like just buying him the track. They pretty much paid for his equipment. Yep. Wow. But uh, diplomatic mutiny was chaotic, and that's why it's so important. These days, we're used to New York rap pulling influence from all over the map, but diplomats were ahead of their time in the sense, meshing um, Southern and West Coast style with the East Coast flavor. Uh, New York can be a stubborn place when it comes to rap, but Dipset helped to broaden the city's sonic palette. 
making masterful use of hit maker, uh, heat makers. Why do I keep saying hit maker? Heat makers and just blaze and their sped up soul samples. The sound was highlighted by an uncanny uh, wittiness and lyrics that found Cameron at his best and solidified Jim Jones and Joel's as stars. I mean, this was the debut of Joel's yeah. and he came out hard. As soon as I heard Joel Santana, I was like, who the fuck is this dude? You know, because I mean, you can honestly say that Joel's probably killed it on the majority of all of the tracks that he was on. Um, you know, which was the majority. I mean, of to them. be honest, he was the best. To be honest, he was the best member of Dipset. I, I agree, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. I don't know if I, I don't know if his album from me to you is on this list. If not, it should be because it's because it's personally one of my favorite rap albums that ever that I've ever. Yeah. Um, uh, well, here here's a hot take for you since we're talking about Dipset. Uh, anybody want to agree or disagree with me that New York hip hop has sucked since Dipset broke up? Wait, what now? New York hip hop has sucked since Dipset broke up. Yeah, they they carried it for the longest time because there was technically five of them. Um, JR Ryder and Forty are they're so good but underrated. They were pretty much just kept mixtapes in like one or two albums. Um, yep. Joel's and Jim Jones. They were making the hits. Cameron was running the thing, but um, I yeah. mean, now his they, albums were good. Now everybody doing real real. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, like uh, to me, during growing up at the time, um, I, I started getting heavy into hip hop around this time, like really, really heavy. Um, you know, from two thousand two to two thousand five, like all it was for me was pretty much Dipset. Like I didn't really want to listen to anybody else. I mean, right. I did listen to Fifty Cent everything, but I was like. Man, this ain't no dipset though, right? Right. So I was throwing, I was throwing up the D on the I, you know, and everything. I was saying <laughs> dipset all the time, you know. I was right. that guy, kind of guy, so, right? <laughs> so, so, so just so you know, the the biggest rapper from New York right now is Nicki Minaj. Okay, but how often do you hear her repping New York? I mean, does she still make music? I thought she retired from music already. Well, I mean, I think she's taking a hiatus to, you know, take care of the baby and everything. So, you know, cause she's, I, I don't know if, I don't know if Meek Mills is a daddy or not. I don't know, but, um, <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't give a fuck enough to care. Um, but <laughs> I'm trying to think about, I mean, do we really say, the, I mean, Buster Rhymes is still making music. So yeah, Buster's is still making music. Yeah. But, but it, Method it, Man's still it, making music. To us, they're the bigger ones, but I, I get where you're coming from, Chip. Right. You know, I, I mean, but are here's the thing. Do Does does Busta Rhymes and Method Man, do their names carry the weight that they did then? Uh, I don't know. Busta Rhymes probably. Just, I mean, people Busta still, probably. Yeah, um, maybe, maybe not Method Man, but I think a lot of people preferred Method Man when he's rapping with Red Man as opposed to just him solo which i mean i think both of them are pretty good solo you know when they did you know it's like peanut butter and jelly yeah by themselves they're good when they come together they're better you know um you know i just feel like you know off the top of my head i mean aside from busta and method man i can't really think of anybody still doing it big right now i mean unless you want to include 50 but 50 ain't done shit in a while I mean, to be honest, the, the technically the current New York rapper that's still making music, uh, Nicki Minaj is not making music with 
have to be Cardi B, unfortunately. Is she from New York? Yeah, she's from the Bronx. Okay. Boogie down. Oh, wow. Um, Pop Smoke is starting to get up there. Yeah, but he's dead. Yeah, no. <laughs> he's still making... Hey, his I, stuff still hits, saying. though. I know. His stuff still hits, though. <laughs> right. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm just saying, like, it, he's not going to carry New York hip-hop, you know, for the years to come. Yeah. I mean, Biggie did that for a while. Yeah, he did. All right, well, we're well, talking about Biggie, though. Well, real <laughs> right. <laughs> well, real quick before we go to the next one, um, did you enjoy yeah. this one, Roger? Chip, did you guys enjoy this one, or did you enjoy Diplomatic Community two more? This one, this one. Okay, number t- number two, number two is really good. But yeah. The issue is that number one came out of nowhere. <laughs> And exactly. it featured them. It featured them at their at their energetic youth. I mean, um, Diplomatic Meaning Two has better lyrics, but it does not have the same energy that Number One okay. has. So the lyricism on Two is better, but the energy on One is better. Yeah, I mean, I can I can go to the gym and listen to Diplomatic Meaning One and probably feel like I can do two hundred hours of yeah. working out. And number, if, and so, number two, but, but if it, but if you just want to vibe out, like have some background noise, if like somewhere you go with was two, two. yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, All right. I remember number one had a, uh, what do you call it? Had the uh, song was Joel's uh, Dipset, Santana Town. Right. The yeah. energy on that song alone. Yep. That, yeah. Uh, yeah, for me, like for me, I always look to, um, I always look to the second album because it's got the song Crunk Music on it and I was a big fan of Crunk Music. Um, yeah, I mean, no, like, yeah, I, mean, I like the genre as well. It just you know, all right. So, the next album we're going to talk about TI Trap Music from 2003. While King marks TI's first major crossover and Paper Trail is his ultimate pop moment, his reputation was built upon the strength of his uh sophomore album in 2003 known as Trap Music. After a disappointing debut album, uh, after a disappointing debut album, found him dropped from, uh, Ar- is it Arista? Arista? Yep. Okay. Arista. Yeah, there you go. Tip returned to the mixtape circuit, building buzz in Atlanta before finally releasing his second LP on the back of a major regional single, 24s, and Rubber Band Man. Trap music was the, was the, moment where T.I. was at his most complex. That can be debatable due through other albums, but we'll discuss that here in a second. He was street, but intelligent. He was tough and combative, but reflective and thoughtful. An, unapod- an unapologetically Southern slur, uh, disguising dense dexterity lyricism. He embodied all a lot of contradictions, if you will. And it changed his best LP with an absolute. I mean, it was just it was just powerful the way that the, L, the way that it was. There was always the sense with Tip more than with most rappers before or since that although he was unafraid to do what was necessary to protect his family, he was also a genuine moral person, or at least he was trying to be. Trap music also marked his claim as the South's on the South's throne. King of the South seemed like a bold claim at the time, but within two years, 
he'd be widely credited with ending Little Flip's career. <laughs> and, sorry, because I agree with that statement. And was well on his way to rap superstardom. Oh, God. Okay. You, you, you know, hold on. Before we go any further, uh, you know what's funny about that last statement you said? About ending Little Flip's co- co- career? They have a song out now together. together yeah. Really? Yeah. When, and it's good. How far back did wait? When did this happen? A couple uh, years ago? Was no, it a couple no, years a ago? Couple of, a couple of months ago. Oh, what? This yes. year? Yes. Oh wow! I yes. guess I, I guess Damn. COVID really did kill the beef between them two. Yes. Which hell? I didn't know Little Flip did anything. The last thing I remember Little Flip doing was that Sunshine shit. Um, Def Jam fight for New York. Like I said, the sunshine shit. Yeah, <laughs> no, that was afterwards. You know, no, no, that I, know, was I, know, yeah. I know. Nah, but unfortunately, nah. But this album, obviously, you know, Chip. I know you are a huge fan of Ti, so I'm gonna kick it to you first about this particular album, Trap Music. How was your uh, feelings about it? Man, I love this album. I could put on. Uh, this is one of those albums. You know, I, I can listen to from beginning to end. Um, obviously most people are going to remember it for, uh, excuse me, uh, rubber band man and, um, 24s. Yeah. Yeah. But man, there's a bunch of other really good songs on here. Um, like, uh, let's get away featuring Jazzy Faye yep. or beat, uh, the song be easy, uh, long live the game. Like. And it's it, it's a banger from beginning to end, right? I mean, having the having songs also like King of the South. I mean, if you listen to that one, he pretty much stakes his claim to it, you know, um, because every because you know back then, you know, LL Cool J and a couple of other people say, "Oh, I'm the king of New York," and there's always that battle of who's the king of the West Coast, who's the king of Ti was really the first one that said, "I'm the king of the South," and ain't nobody, you know disputed him so it's like okay fuck it i'm king of the south you know and he played off of that you know um, first off sir little flip disputed him i'm talking about like in, in generally like and immediately that's what i'm talking about. that's what i'm talking about <laughs> that's why they had that beef to begin with oh i know well the, the i mean if you ever watched the beat like apparently yeah i mean he did take offense to the whole king of the south thing and then he had something i, I gotta go so back did, and I gotta uh, so did Lucas. don't forget that say what now so did Ludacris. Don't forget that. Oh, yeah. Ludacris oh. did have it. Oh, yeah. They did a song together and dissed each other on the same song. Yep. That was uh, the the game. Uh, no, not game. I'm sorry. Young Buck. Uh, Young Stomp, Buck the Stomp remix, right? Yeah. That song is so... It's one of the most underrated songs, in, to be honest. That beat, though. That piano. Out, yeah. Then piano chords going into it. Hell, yeah. But anyway. um, But anyway. So, yeah. But this whole album, to me, I mean, it was... I mean, it was a... For it to be, which I I personally like other albums by Ti, but you know I think this album was still just an amazing album. You know, of course people are gonna remember more Rubber Band Man Twenty Fours. Let's get away, you know. And the whole album I thought was good. Like I feel like later albums were better. If that makes any sense. Not to say this is bad. This, this album's horrible. I just feel like later albums were better in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, by the way, that song. Uh... With Ti and Lil Flip, it's called Shells.com, uh, and it just came out February eighth. Wow! I sent it. So yeah, it's barely, yeah, put, barely yeah, a month old. Send it in the group chat. 
Maybe <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we can all do it. Anyway, all right. So, Chip, do you have the next one? Am I not allowed to talk about this? Oh, my album? bad. I thought you said my bad. My bad. Go on. <laughs> no, you're good. No, I was I was listening to you guys letting you go first. Um, so this is during my dip set, you know, runs everything. So when it first came out, I didn't really mess with it much until I heard it on uh, Need for Speed Underground uh, 24s. Yep. And I was like, yo, what is this? I got to check it out. And I was like, oh, that's that's that T.I. dude. And I was like, okay. And then I listened to it. I was like, yo, this is some really good stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, yo. And then I don't, to me, to me personally, I think it's T.I.'s best song, like best album with song wise, but not obviously not his best lyrical stuff because right. he gets so much better later on. But to me, I think it's just like, like, like I said, like Diplomat Immunity has all the energy. This had probably his most energy. Like he was really trying because yeah he he flopped on that first album. I mean the first yeah. album is not that good at all. Yeah, I'm serious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I even liked I'm serious though. Uh, it didn't have obviously a, as as many hits, but uh, I mean I liked it. Right. Um, have you guys? I don't know. We I've, oh, we talked about this way before, but uh, have you guys ever got to the chance to watch um, Hip Hop Evolution on Netflix? Uh, no, no, no it's on my list. Game. Yeah. Um, as soon as you get a chance to, like, seriously, because it goes into depth on every region, like every region, yeah. and um, they interview a bunch of the like they interview Ti. They, uh, to me, my favorite one is still um, the episode is still uh, when they go to New Orleans and talk to Master P. Right. Like they go like the dude who did, who's do, doing that. It's amazing, and they keep coming out with like episodes, like like almost like every other month or so it's so really good um it's a continuous thing but like when they talked to ti and he was talking about it he's like yeah the album didn't do good i was struggling i had to go back to the streets for a little bit and he's like then um david banner uh, like he's like i met up with david banner somehow and i heard this, the beat for uh for brand man I was like yo can i have this and david banner sold him the song and i mean <laughs> that i mean it, the rest is history right oh yeah yeah, I mean, had he not met up with David Banner and got the beat for uh, Rubber Band Man, was it Rubber Band Man or 24s? It was Rubber Band Man. Yeah, because yeah, uh, David Banner was in the video for the intro. Uh, well, not only that, the intro of it says David Banner, David Banner. Yeah, didn't he make both those beats, though? Hold on. He might have actually made 24, but he did talk about how uh, Rubber no. Band Man was the one. DJ Toomp made uh, 24s. 24s. Yeah, that was his. That's his DJ from his first album too, mm-hmm. or producer, I guess. But yeah, yeah. So he's like, "Yo, uh, I got to step my game up too, or else I ain't gonna have a job." So right. Um, uh, Kanye West even made a beat on this song uh, on uh, this album. The uh, "Let Me Tell You Something" beat. Well, you got to remember Kanye West until he made uh, "College Dropout" in 2004 was pretty much producing everything from like '99 on for everybody. Yep. That man was was the unsung producer back in the day, and he was so good that people didn't want to buy his album because they didn't think he'd actually be a good rapper. Right? He boy, he proved them wrong. <sighs> he sure did. Like I said, I can't wait till we start talking about some Kanye stuff. In here, right. So. Uh, so next up is an album that uh, we've talked about in a previous episode. It's uh, 2003's Speaker Box, "The Love Below" by Outkast. Um, one of the Dude, this- 
Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a classic. It's, it's, man. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it, it's also it, one of the albums, uh, Certified Diamond. Yep. <clears throat> so. So I don't see how that's not considered. Like, that album right. sold enough to literally go diamond. Yes. How is it not a classic? <laughs> not only I that, mean, you have essentially a big boy solo album and an Andre 3000 solo album. Like, come on. You have a rap album and a hip hop album pretty much in the same. Yep. You know, you know. Yeah. yeah. Big boy, big boy has that, has that street flair. And, you know, whenever Andre gets on something, you know, it's, it's immediately <coughs> going to just make your mental, you know, pay attention. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so just the idea of Outkast releasing a double LP with one disc starring Big Boy and the other starring Andre 3000 was classic in itself. Yes. Right? It was their yeah, fifth like, album. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. Was like, was like they, make, they tried to make it seem like it was actually going to be a double disc, like a double album kind of thing. And then when you got it and you open it up, it's just one. You're like, yo, how did they make this happen? Exactly. <laughs> right? Because it's like 40 uh, songs long or something. <laughs> right. Uh, so it was their fifth album, and their previous four efforts were all incredible. Uh, agree or disagree? Um, I I mean, to me, Outkast is the best duo in hip hop ever. So everything, I mean, I love every one of their albums. I have it all on Spotify. Yep. Um, so why not change things up a little bit? Plus, it was clear that they they were each moving in different directions musically. So it was a chance to give us an Outkast album. That the that represented each head attached to the two-headed monster. Uh, what resulted was both Big Boy and Andre 3K creating huge hit singles. Big Boy's "The Way You Move" was enormous in its own right, but Andre's smash "Hey Ya" was absolutely through the roof. Yep, it was. Agree? Yeah, absolutely. We got I mean, soccer moms singing "Shake It Like a Polaroid Picture." Like, yeah, I mean, I'm about to say, who doesn't it. know? Who doesn't know the song? Like, really? Right. Yeah. Um, so it was the catchiest, most danceable song of the year. Both songs hit number one on the Billboard. Yeah, that's a testament so, to how good each of them yeah. could do by themselves, in a sense, you know. But I mean, kind of like, kind of like what I said earlier, you know, with like Redman and uh, yeah, Redman and uh, Method Man. I mean, yeah, they're great by themselves when they're they're better together. These guys prove that they are just as great by themselves as they are together, which is a testament to both of them and their abilities. Yeah. So beyond that, each album was overloaded with goodies, displaying every facet of their music making talent, including 3K's new knack for si- or for singing, which was most effective on the song "Roses" and "Prototype." Right. It had it had pop appeal, but the gangsters could vibe to it too. It wound up winning the Grammys for best album of the year, a landmark moment for hip hop music. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, we the three of us obviously this is a classic. It should be a classic. Why people don't consider it a classic is still beyond reproach. Cause like what you just read just a second ago, it it had pop appeal, which means it was genre defying. It crossed over into other genres and, you know, made it to the top there. So it's definitely worthy of, you know, it's a classic status. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we talked about it before on the Diamond album. Um, 
list. I mean, there's not much more we can say besides this is to us a classic. It reached diamond status. It has to be a classic. Like a non-classic album should not be hitting diamond status. So whoever's saying this isn't a classic, check yourself. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Uh, hey, Roger, I know you. Uh, I know. I know it's your turn to go next. Um, but the one that I have after you is what you wanted to talk about. So if you don't mind, let me do this one, and then you get the next one because I know you want to talk about the next one. If you're cool with that, okay. Well, hold go on. Ahead. Before go we ahead, move you. on, I, I just want to check something here, um, because it, it does say about the uh, it winning Grammy for Album of the Year, a landmark moment for hip hop. If I'm not mistaken, didn't Eminem win? A Grammy for um, the Slim Shady LP. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. I'm looking that up. You right might now. be correct. Um, I, I believe he did. I mean, I'm pretty sure that he won out when he went to the Grammys that year. Yeah. Um, I mean, because didn't he say something about it? He was like, Slim, what if you win? Wouldn't it be weird? Why so you guys can slide and get me here? Um, I don't know yeah, if that well, that was on his second album. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. I mean, if he won, did yeah, uh, he it, it, so he went on to win be, uh, Grammy for best rap album and best rap solo performance for the uh, album track "My Name Is" at the 42nd Grammys, which was held in 2000. So, yep. but uh, I'm, I'm not over- saying that to take anything away from uh, Outkast at all. I would just say like. It right. had been done before then. So. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, okay. Move on. I'm sorry. No, no, it's all good. Uh, I'm going to I'm gonna uh, take this one, uh, Raj, yep. and I'm going to give you the next sure. one. I know you want to okay. talk about it. Uh, the Black Album. Not Metallica's, but Jay-Z's in 2003. And now, the Black Album positioned itself to be a classic album well before it was even released. Originally planned as 12 songs with production from 12 different legendary producers, they approached the approach would stick collaborations with artists like Dr. Dre, DJ Premier. Well, those things never those uh, things never happened. Uh, those collaborations never happened, but the ardent nature of the recording did. The Black Album was to remain Jay-Z's last album before he quote-unquote retired from making music we, we know that, that didn't happen yeah we all know Ho's retirement did not last but at, but at the time the gesture seemed sincere and it and it added to the the embellishment of the album and with good reason the black album is fantastic for whatever regression re, regression fans believe they saw on the blueprint to jay-z's quote-unquote last album made up for it in a way, Jay-Z sounds in, insecure on this album, nervous that his legacy will be forgotten, rapping things like, I'm supposed to be number one on everyone's list, and it's for the best Jay-Z gives it his all on the Black Album, rhyming and mentoring pr- production with the, with the instance of an artist bent on proving something, and the record never falters of that, even the, you know, even though the the lambasted change closed uh, alternate hip hop culture in um, entire perspective, pretty much it was it was a it was a song about fashion, pretty much that's what they you know perceived it as. Uh, but there's no way that 
you can't rank this album amongst Jay-Z's best. Um, so, how, Roger, you being the New Yorker of us, how did you feel about this particular album? Because, you know, you, I mean, I'm assuming you were a fan of Jay-Z as well? No. Okay. No, I mean, I'm, no, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, say, he's, he's said that before. Has he said yeah. that before? Um, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that's I'm right. I, that. I, forgot. I, I, I keep on forgetting. Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> No you're, no, you're good. I mean, to me, Jay-Z's never had, in my opinion, I don't think Jay-Z's ever had a classic album. He doesn't have enough songs on each album to be considered a classic. You don't? Okay, wait, time um, out, time has, out, time out. I'm, I'm not trying to say you're wrong. Promise you I'm not. You didn't think that Reasonable Doubt or Hard Knock Life was a good album? I mean, they have good songs. I'm not going to lie. Okay. But you're going to tell me you're going to listen from beginning to end to that album multiple times? Probably not. <laughs> and that's the thing that's like that's for me that's what can like i is one of my standards for what a classic album is like you gotta be able to jam into it i mean so far every album we've talked about we all would probably listen from beginning to end to each album yeah most oh. times <clears throat> now I, I i will say that i personally think that the black album was probably his best overall album mm-hmm. but i don't i still don't I wouldn't say it's a classic. You know, he has more memorable songs on this album, like uh, Change Clothes, Dirt Off Your Shoulder, 99 Problems. Uh, yeah. You know. that the, the song 99 Problems is probably the, the uh, one and, that everyone knows. If you're having girl problems, uh, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 problems, but a bitch ain't one. Like, I mean, my, to be honest, the only really reason I remember that song mostly is because of the, the rock hit, like feel to it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, and it, and it oh. produced by Rick Rubin, so you know there had to be some element of uh, rock. I mean, in there. we know Rick Rubin produced everything back in the days, yeah. like as a ghost producer, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, and, and my favorite song on this album is Encore. Um, yeah. but I really didn't know, get into that song until he did the Linkin Park collab. Yeah, right. But you you have songs like uh, Threat. I didn't think Threat was a good one or Justify My Thug. Like, come on, my dude, Jay-Z, you ain't no thug. <clears throat> I mean, he yeah. may have sold, sold crack on the streets, but he was no thug. Right. Oh. Right. But then they also had, he also had the song Lucifer. About the, <laughs> I, I, you know, which, if you ever heard, I mean, yeah. Like, like I said, I don't consider this a classic. I don't really consider many of Jay-Z's uh, I don't consider any of his classic. Like like I said, there's not enough songs on each album to be strong enough for a classic. Right. I mean when he did put out a single, everybody bought to it, you know, that's what's up. Right. But, but it's, it's finding those yeah. hidden gems that that really, you know, makes it that classic. And I, I don't think he had hidden gems. He had his singles that, you know, basically everybody rocked with, but, you know, it's when you your non-singles are hits too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Hits with like the the hardcore following that you have. You know, like okay, here, here's about if if you put out a compilation CD of nothing but Jay Z's best stuff, would it sell better than all his other stuff? Because well, I mean, that, obviously, huh? It's, it's obviously it'd be all his hits, right? So, did you ever see the uh, the unplugged 
by Jay Z. Two thousand and one, when MTV redone Unplugged. I don't think so. I don't think I got it to unplug until like two thousand three. To be honest. Okay. Yeah, I really. I, mean, I, I wish. I wish they'd go back. I wish they'd still do it. I don't even know if they do it anymore. They Spotify pretty much does it now. Yeah. With the Spotify, right. Spotify sessions. What did they yeah. do? Because I think the the last MTV Unplugged that was done, uh, was, what was I'm trying to look at it right now. Uh, yeah, the last official one that was done was from. Let's see, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was on MTV Two. It was Sean Mendez performing. Okay, uh, no, is that the no last one was last one was BTS uh, like two weeks ago. Huh? They still do unplugged. Do they? Shit. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Then I'm gonna. But they, they've taken international like, oh, too. Okay. They've taken international, so they've done German artists. Um, they've done Japanese, Korean, um, British. Um, like they've done Mexico. Uh, like it's just it's not as big, I guess. Um, because MTV doesn't really do music television anymore, which is very contradictive. Um. <laughs> wow, I'm looking at their yeah. stuff and it says November 7th, 2014. They did an unplug for a German reggae artist. All right. Never knew that was a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but they did one for 30 Seconds of Mars in 2011, which was right after their third album. I'm trying to remember which one that was. Uh, this is War. Okay. Uh, but yeah, they're still still doing it. Uh, it's just not as popular, I guess. Really, um, but yeah, they did BTS uh, February twenty third, twenty twenty one. Oh wow! Yeah, it's crazy. It is. All right, Raj, this is uh, one that you wanted to talk about. So go on ahead. <laughs> well, I mean, to me, to me, Kanye West is my favorite rapper. Um, for every every. <sighs> Everything up to Yeezy or Yeezus, I mean, to me, it's a classic. Like Kanye West, like there's multiple. Like I don't think there's a bad album from Kanye West up until Yeezus. But um, this one that we're talking about is going to be um, College Dropout, his first big one. Um, uh, with the right narrative, anything is possible. And on Kanye West's debut, one of the most enduring stories catapulted a barely known beatmaker from sound checking Jay-Z LSPs to become an international superstar. That sentence alone doesn't make sense because we've already seen that he's produced multiple people's albums at this point. Right, exactly. Um, he was he was probably the, the most sought-out producer at that time for anywhere. Um, but uh, Kanye wasn't anyone's idea of a major rapper when he first emerged. He didn't have uh, dexterous lyrics, lyrical skills, I mean, required of the underground, but uh, consummate self-confident reminiscent of gangster rap's biggest personalities that made up for it. He transformed his self-awareness and a potent sense of humor into strength, humanizing himself on tracks that look to his humble beginnings, spaceship, personal hardship, stewed wire, which is such a banger. Yes, In is. order to paint a picture with a singular perspective. With your mouth wide shut. I know, for real, like, Got in a horrible accident. I'm still going to go in the booth. Really, bro? <laughs> but uh, no, like, to me, yeah, I know Kanye has done 
so much crazy stuff here recently that his personal life has tainted a lot of people, but his artistic life, you can't dispute it. Like that man was a genius. Um, still is a genius. He just, he got the Kardashian curse on him. So now that he's divorcing Kim, hopefully he goes back to his good self. Um, but no, like, uh, college dropout was still to this day is an album. I'll just put on, listen to beginning to end. Um, it's not his strongest one, but it tells good enough stories with some songs. Um, obviously it has his goofy stuff on it. Like, uh, the new workout plan is goofy. Yeah. Uh, Fonsworth Bentley doing in the, doing his little shit. Yeah. 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 I mean, he has goofy stuff, but then you get stuff like, um, Jesus walks, uh, through the wire, all falls down was brandy. It's so good too. Was um, it brandy, or was it? No, it was. Um, it was Selena Johnson, wasn't it? No, that's all what falls it's down. Yeah. Selena Johnson is an American oh, is singer. It? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is her in the uh, video. Lauren yeah. Hill was God, a co-writer on that song. Oh shit! That one I did not know. Yeah, she probably wrote the lyrics for uh, Selena Johnson. Probably, probably. Um, get him high with uh, common. It's a good one too. Yeah. Hey, uh, hey, don't think, forget about Tyler Quali on that. Track. I was say Tyler Quali's on that. Tyler Quali did a lot of songs with Kanye actually, which is really impressive. I, I like Tyler Quali, and he doesn't get enough he, uh, he don't. credit. No, he doesn't. He he's so lyrically great. Have you guys heard um, the podcast? He's on Hip Hop Evolution. Yes, yeah, I've have you got a, a couple of them, a couple of them? Yeah, yeah, a lot of great content. There's just not enough. There's just not enough time to listen to everything, <laughs> right? Right. But no, um, there's just so much. Like I said on this album, it is. It doesn't have as much strength all the way through as his later stuff, but for it to be his debut, it holds up so good. Um, it's got, I mean, enough to where you can try to understand what what he's doing, like where he's from. Yeah, he, he like I said, he does have goofy stuff on it, but. Then he has serious stuff that's really good. I mean, everybody remembers Jesus Walks when yeah. he first came dude, out. When I, when, yes. when, I, when I heard Jesus Walks, and I was like, like I, I, I when I first heard this song, I was like, holy shit, how much trouble is he going to get into? You know, not from the perspective of someone like, not that there's a that, that there's a that, that, that there's a war of against Christianity or anything like that, but he even talks about it in his song. They say I can rap about anything except for Jesus. That means guns, sex, knives, video play, but if I talk about God, my record won't get played. You know, yeah. and you know, like, it, I it mean, just yeah, you know, with like, the choir, it's so good. You know, it just it's, it's amazing, you know, just the video to it. So uh, you well, see there, well, there was two different videos up. of it. There was two there was two different uh, videos. There was the one I remember most is the picture ones, the one that does the picture slides and then actually shows the video through the photograph. Yeah, well, there was another one that was, uh, it was a very, it was about, it was, there was a horse that was on fire. There was, um, there was very, uh, there was a lot of cryptic uh, ones. I'm trying to think that one song, and it might be on, the, it might be on the later albums. It, I might be mistaken it. Uh, it starts off, um, it says, I had a dream I could buy my way to heaven. When I woke up, I spent it on the necklace. That's, uh, can't tell me nothing. Yeah, but it is, yeah, it can't tell me nothing. That's not, nope, it's not on that Okay, it's not on this one. Okay. I couldn't remember yeah. if it was on this album or the next one. What, what's so cool is that um, that song that you're talking about um, is off another song, uh, another album that we will talk about later. Yeah, right, uh, exactly. 
So, but no, like, like I said, um, to me, Kanye, Kanye West has kept me in hip hop for the longest time. Um, like I, I always anticipated his albums, no matter what. Um, he was the guy that I pretty much like just kept me in hip hop for the longest time. Um, even when it started just going too commercial and stuff, but Kanye West would still stay very mellow down to earth. Um, on some of them, obviously he'd have to do his hit song so he could stay relevant and make money and everything. But remember there was a time where, um, they were pushing Kanye West versus 50 cent. Who's going to have the better album. Like that's how I, strong I do Kanye remember that. I, I remember that yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like, <laughs> well, there was, an, there was another, um, there was another thing and, and it just, please forgive me if, if you feel like I'm wrong in this situation. Uh, the song slow jams, uh, cause it, uh-huh. it was Jamie, it. It, Jamie Foxx was on that, but also Twista was on it. And Paul was on I it think too. that the, huh? Paul was on it too, isn't he? Uh, I don't think he's on slow. I don't jams. think no, no, no. He wouldn't. He's not on slow jams. It's just Twista and Jamie Foxx. He might be on a uh, remix, but no. Uh, yeah, he's on a different one. I, I, but I know he's on one of them. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, no. We can also say like, I mean, if you're a true hip hop fan of hip hop, you probably have heard of Twister because he was the the rapper that was known for rapping really fast and different things like that. Like he was from he was from uh, the, uh, the the Midwest, so he was in that Chicago area. Um, but then, like when you heard him on college dropout it was the song with kanye west then all of a sudden next you know twister was everywhere he had the joint with trick daddy and then he had the joint with uh uh r kelly and like, like there was like he there was he he pretty much had like a resurgence of his career because before oh, this song had had came out i don't know how many people were actually talking about twister you know the I underground fans kanye, were talking about him and he had kanye produced a lot of stuff say what now Kanye produced a lot of his stuff, right? But now, but 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 I mean, he didn't get he 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 didn't get the notoriety that he had had he not gotten on this song. You see what I'm saying? So he could contribute a lot of his mainstream ex, uh, success to probably Kanye West. You know, and um, I got confused. It's not uh, Drive Slow is the one with Paul Wall, and that's on uh, late registration. And okay. the one I was thinking about, Brandy. Was uh, bring me down on late registration also. There you go. Well, bring me down, all falls down. It's you know. Yeah, anyway. I mean, so, yeah. down was what got me. So I was like, oh crap. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, I'm exposing myself as a fraud apparently, but no, hey. like they did do. Like I was like, no, we did songs with them. Like hey, that look, was, it was. We yeah. all hey, we all misremember here at Movement Radio, so it's all good. <laughs> yeah, we, no, got, we, we got we got to constantly <laughs> check each other, so it's all good. All right, Chip, yeah, you uh, got your next. Talk about slow jam. Oh, go ahead, yeah, Chip. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Real quick before we move on. Uh, you were talking about slow jams. Uh, that was on Twister's uh, fourth album, Kamikaze. Uh, but it also featured the song Overnight Celebrity, which also included Kanye West. Kanye. <laughs> right? Yep. And I mean, they literally go back to back on the album. Uh, track four is slow jams. Track five is Overnight Celebrity. Right. So, um, is Sunshine on that album? Mm, yes. Featured wasn't that produced Anthony by Kanye Hamilton? Was it, it produced was, uh, by Kanye? No, no, it wasn't. It wasn't. No, I remember. No, he, but no, like I remember that song. Probably that's the song by Twist. I probably remember the most because it was on uh, Midnight Club Double Edition, right? So, which right, is worse uh, on half? Right. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. But uh, next up, we're going to talk about a, a, a album that I. I, honestly, I haven't heard. I need to go back and listen to it, uh, since since it is 
on this list of albums that should be classics. Uh, so it's 2004's Mad Villainy by the group Mad Villain. Uh, and if anybody doesn't know, that's where the uh, rapper MF Doom came from. Rest in peace. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. One of the truest centrics of modern hip-hop, MF Doom, was one of the only rappers to obtain subcultural outsider hero status while maintaining a rap personality as strong and unique as any to achieve major mainstream success. His completely atypical person personalized rhyme pattern, his gift for clever turns of phrase, and his ear for... Uh, anachronistic sayings anarchist uh yeah yeah <laughs> hey. we're just gonna make it easier <laughs> no uh, no uh, the word you, you said it the right way but like we're just gonna say anarchist okay okay yeah. i was gonna say uh I'm, I'm pretty good with my my words here <laughs> sometimes except uh, except when it comes to football players names it, it, hey look <laughs> when they play scrabble to make a name i can't say that shit I still go back and just think about Talon dying on the <laughs> microphone. Boy, he died for like five minutes. Oh, no. Five minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Was so <laughs> he couldn't catch his breath. Like, he was. Dude, I couldn't. <laughs> you, you'll find that out a lot. Um, the more we do this, it's going to be because, oh, God, the Would You Rather episode still the funniest shit ever. Um, well, that one and the uh, the Ridiculous Lawsuit episode where we, we yeah. So you mean to tell me you want to sue the fire department because you have a fear of fire? Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. Yep. I, I remember that. So I was like, yo, this don't make sense. But that's nope. what is ridiculous. Exactly. So um, with the help of Mad Lib's fuzzy stone sampling, sampling style, the result was a classic record that had a goofy, cartoony unpredictability balanced with moments of oddball sincerity. Um, so do you, uh, have either of you listened to this album? Um, I have not. I have heard a couple things off of it. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, like I, when I, we were going in er, over earlier, most of the stuff I don't even know about MF Doom came from when I was watching Adult Swim and he was doing a bunch of stuff with them. Um, I try to listen to him. He's not my style. I mean, he's got good music. Obviously, he's he was able to maintain popularity up till 2021, so he right. had longevity and everything. But he it was just for me. Um, I've seen breakdowns of like his lyrical styles and everything. Like he's got a really good way of rapping, but none of his songs hit with me. It's kind of weird to think about that because to like I've least like some of the lyrics I've seen or what songs I've heard, I'm like I should like this, but I don't for some reason. I have no idea why. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I'll, I'll be honest. I, uh, I did, I, I've never rocked with, um, adult swim. Uh, and I probably should go back and listen to some, or watch some stuff on there. So I didn't even know who MF doom was until his passing. So, uh, that's bad business that's really... on my part. I mean, I mean, he's, he was mainly like a big underground guy. Like he, like, the underground kings were him and tech nine for a while so i mean if you heard tech you probably weren't listening to mf doom if you listen to mf doom you probably weren't listening to tech because i mean right that's just how it was yeah and i i mean i'm a huge tech fan so right absolutely yeah i was i was never all right i won't say i, I won't say i was never a fan um because i have heard some of his stuff but it wasn't like 
it wasn't like oh mf Def's, uh, mf doom's got a brand new album out like okay you know it ain't like i'm gonna rush to listen to it you know i mean god rest you know god rest the man's soul you know and everything and you know prayers to his family because uh, he just died what was it about a month or so ago something like that yeah something yeah, like that so but i mean like the the thing that with mf doom um i think that got him so much um gardener's attention for people is that he wasn't afraid to show his nerdy side i guess um he did do a lot of cartoon like references and goofiness like nerd culture stuff like that while still making it you know cool um we've talked about it before um there's a certain um like little itch in hip-hop that needs to be scratched that you know goes to the nerdier (laughs) um you know audience and stuff i mean it can't all be just like selling drugs or killing people i mean right that the letter snide um um, I mean, we talked about like Little Dicky does that for people. I mean, that's why I rock with Little Dicky. He's he's goofy, he's funny, he does hit that nerdy side that I want to hear um, and stuff. Like MF Doom did sort of hit that while also being um, very aware of situations, I guess, like political wise and stuff, right. and cultural wise. So I mean, he he was able to blend stuff like that, and I guess that's why he hit so well with people. Um, but like I said, I don't know why he seems like a guy I would rock with but i just couldn't get into him i have no idea why right yeah why either i don't know I, i'm gonna go back and give him a uh give him a chance and listen to it but it just may not be my style i don't know so right. i can't personally say whether this should or should not be um a classic yeah i can't i think i, can, I think I we all should listen to it give it a chance <laughs> we'll, we'll listen to it later come back and then um, on another episode, we'll be like, oh, remember when we talked about this? This is what our opinion is on it. You know, just do something yes. like that. Well, maybe that can, maybe, maybe this, uh, maybe this I mean, particular, well, maybe this particular album can be on our next episode of Rap Rewind. We actually take the time to listen to it and then we give our opinion. Just an idea. I mean, we got, we got nine more Eminem albums to go through. Wow. I mean, we could take a break. Damn. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so, I mean, the, we can. The so, next so album. You want to get the game? Yeah, I got the game. The next album is the game's album, the documentary from 2005. The game has constantly exceeded expectations and never was this more true than on his debut album. Of course, he had the assist from 50 Cent at the height of his songwriting talents, cocky as ever, The 50, and 50 gifted some of his strongest work to the documentary. From this rare moment of vulnerability, hate it or love it, to one of the truest uh, Dr. Dre club bangers, How We Do. Um, it wasn't all 50's generosity, that, generosity excuse me, that made this album a smash, though. The bottomless pockets of Aftermath probably had a hand uh, gifting the game some of the era's best production, including everyone from Timberland to Kanye. It also helped that the game was one of hip-hop's more interesting characters and one of the West Coast's only major players to emerge in the last decade of hip uh, last 20 years of hip hop. Um, because it says decade, but I could say that you know 20 years because this album came out in 2005. Um, I remember this album just being just insane. Like, I remember hearing uh, how we do seeing the music video on MTV and things of that nature. Um, and then right after that, I heard the song Put You on the Game 
and I thought, oh man, that's close because it was Timberwolves beat. That's my shit. Like that whole beat was just great. Yeah, that's that's one of Timberland's best like beats ever. Right. Um, and then the song him doing uh, his style, his like he was doing his own West Coast style, like his style but West Coast flair. Right, so ridiculous. Right. Um, and then they had the song uh, "Dreams." Obviously, was one of the ones, and that was one that was produced by Kanye West. Um, you know, "Dreams" is just, you know, I love "Dreams." That I mean, it was an incredible story. And then, and then West Side Story itself was. You know, where it's like Crips, Bloods, Essays, Asians, Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, White Boys, Jamaicans, Latin Kings, Disciples, Vice Lords, Haitians. All you motherfuckers been patiently waiting. You know, know, so it's like he was ready to step out the gate with it, you know. Um, Just, you know, every, I mean, again, but the one, uh, another song of mine, one of my, probably my, probably my favorite song on the album is the song Start From Scratch. Um, You know, kind of like. A reminiscing, if you will, you know, of the uh, of like things that happened over the course of his life um, when he was like, if I could start from scratch, I wouldn't change shit. Same red bandana, same four fifth, same G wagon, same hood rat bitch workers in the kitchen cooking up my shit, you know, just telling the story about, you know, everything that's going on. And then he he brings up like current event, not current events, I'm sorry, but kind of like hip hop events that took place is like. Um, if I could make 94 today, I tell Easy and Dre to bring back NWA. I would have told Pac not to stomp out Orlando. I would have told Biggie Bart the Rampart scandal. Like so many different, like, like what he would have done in the situations if he was given the opportunity almost, you know, when he was so influenced by Tupac and Biggie and Easy, you know, and all these different, you know, you know, all these different artists that he was, he had the ability to be able to have the freedom to tell stories and stuff. And yeah, having Dr. Dre and 50 cent and Kanye and Scott Storch and, you know, all these other different, you know, producers and, you know, singers and everything at your disposal definitely helped, but you can't take away from the talent that the game just immediately, as soon as you heard him, you were like, this motherfucker is going to be somebody big, you know, chip. What about you, Bo? Uh, definitely. Uh, I'm a huge fan of game. Uh, all all over and uh i mean this is another one of those albums that um i I can listen to from from beginning to end you know um i also feel like uh the 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 songs that uh featured 50 cent was some of 50 cent's best work oh absolutely Um, oh for sure you know uh like how we do uh like i think as much chemistry as Eminem and Dre have, uh, Fifty and Game have that same chemistry, and for me, like it's sad that that they did have that falling out and that beef because just think of what what could have been. You know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and the uh, crazy thing is that like you, yeah, you would want that collaboration or that friendship or that partnership to still be a thing um you know and you can tell maybe not you definitely hear more about it on doctor's advocate his next album and the the venom and the vitriol that he had for the situation and but at the same time he because because i remember in the song doctor's advocate he talks to dr dre because he feels like dr dre like he let him down you know um with everything that was going on uh especially with the, with the whole beef with 50 and 
things of that nature, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, imagine where, what the landscape of hip hop would have looked like, you know, if you had 50 cent, who was the best of the, let's just say for the sake of argument, he was the best of the East and game was the best of the West. You know, I mean, it could have, you know, it could have been something major for hip hop if they would have stayed together. But unfortunately, it just it didn't it didn't work out that way. Unfortunately, what's right. so weird to me is that um, they blended so well together. You know, obviously being West Coast and New York, like you'd expect there to be a clash uh, lyrically or I guess musically. Obviously, their egos definitely clashed a lot. But exactly like you guys were saying, when they work together, they put some of the best stuff out there. I mean, like. This is how we. I'm not just uh, uh, hate it or love it. Um, I mean, the the G Unit remix version is so good too, because you have Lloyd Banks and Young Buck on it too. But hate it or love it, just Fifty Cent and Game, it it hits so differently too. Um, but this album, um, me, you guys know, I'm not really a big fan of West Coast rap to begin with. Exactly. But I I love Game. Like he's one of my favorite artists. Like right. he's he's so good because, yeah, he does West Coast style, but his way of doing West Coast is different. I don't know. It's weird. Like, he doesn't, like, it, sometimes I forget he's a West Coast rapper. Not in a bad way. Like, oh, you know, he ain't represented West Coast like that. But, like, he's just so good at what he does. Right. And, and just uh, amazing, you know, st- again, like what we talked about earlier, amazing storytelling. Uh, West Side Stories, storytelling, dream storytelling. How, um, you know, start from scratch and storytelling. Now, I do believe he tells better stories in, on later albums. I do believe oh, yeah. that his storytelling ability is better later, and, and and lyrically, I think he's better later on. Um, well, yeah, he gets better. Like he he he. It's weird to say that he's gotten better, seeing how great this album was. But like, he grew, he refined himself, um, and like, yeah, you said his lyrics were just better. Yeah, like they are. They've gotten better over since this one, and this album's so good to begin with. Right, which that oh. it, well, here's the thing. I believe, and then it, it, for us for us to say that this album is, I think we can all agree this album is definitely a classic, for sure. When oh yeah, when he does, sure. but but when you heard Doctor's Advocate and you heard LAX and you heard the ones after that, like automatically you're like, yeah, the, he far exceeded expectations more than anybody ever thought that he would. Because people thought that once Fifty and him had that beef, oh. Oh yeah, Dre's done with him. M's done with him. Fifty and G Unit's done with him. He'll go back to being an independent artist and won't even blah blah blah. And then he came out with Doctor's Advocate, and he it was it was. I'm I'm again. I'm not putting words in Game's mouth, but I'm pretty sure he was like, "Fuck all of you. Watch this." You know. So, but anyway, all right. Uh, real quick, talent. Check the uh, check the chat. Okay, give me a second. <clears throat> I gotta go. I gotta go. Uh, I gotta go um, through uh, but, the computer to give me a minute. Okay, yeah, we'll go ahead and start with the the last or the next one, and then uh, <laughs> you can come back. Okay, yeah. Um, you, you got it, Roger. You want me to get it? Yeah. Well, I was gonna say something else about. Uh, oh yeah, the, yeah, definitely. Um, with the documentary, like, um, we talk about his storytelling and everything like that in general, but like the underratedness of some of his storytelling in this album is so bad. Like, like dreams to me, like I, when I first heard it, it was actually, I watched a video for it, but I had it on just on the background. I didn't actually watch it, but pretty much what the video was showing was what I pictured in my mind. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, it's so, so underrated. Yeah. Yeah. I think like well, that's probably my favorite one on that um, album. Actually, that song has one of my favorite rap lyrics in it of all time. At the end of the second, okay, at the end of the second verse, he says, "They say sleep is the cousin of death, so my eyes are wide open because a dream is kin to your last breath." And I'm like, yeah. "Ooh, that's some deep shit," you know, you know, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, you know, daydreaming. Yes, and the the setup to that was, you know, daydreaming yesterday, dozing off back backstage. I thought I ta- I thought I saw Easy talking to Jam Master J. Um, and he's like, and I heard he Jam re- Master say, "It's a hard knock life, and you pass away." Yes, absolutely. Um, it just again, one of my favorite lyrics from 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 a, from a hip hop song. That's definitely some of my most favorite lyrics to listen to. But anyway, all right, uh, who got all next? Right, so, um, I got it. So, um, this one is going to be the last one of this one. Um, we're going to do this in a two parter. Um, because we want to be able to tell more in depth like we did on this one. Um, because we we know most of these albums and everything. Um, yes. real quick, um. What is your guys' thoughts before we start this? Because we haven't really talked about uh, talked about it, but what do you guys' actual feels about Common as a hip hop artist? I I think he's underrated um, as a hip hop artist. Uh, most people are going to know Common as an actor, yeah. Um, but he, I mean, in my opinion, he he has really put out some good albums. Uh, I, I that think just it's don't cause... get enough play. I think it's because he's so, um, I guess people say nowadays, uh, woke, but he was yeah. so aware of the social and political um, situations that he was in. Because, I mean, he grew up in Chicago. Exactly. Um, yeah. During their heyday of being like the murder capital. So, uh, they, but no, like he, um, I, I, I say he's hip hop because he's, he's not really rap. I mean, he does rap. But a lot of his stuff is soulful and lyrical. Like he's not just rapping to rap. Like he's trying to tell you something f- for you to listen to. He's trying to give you lyrics. He's trying to feed you. Like he he has that Andre three thousand s kind of aura around him. Because I do look forward to listening to a common album. Right. Like yeah. If he was to drop an album like this year, bet I'm on it. Right. See, for um, me, for so me, good. I look at I look at common the same way I look at most Def Talib Kweli. You know, artists like that. You know more active yeah the gangstars yeah well i mean more like activism and you know you know progressing the black community and progressing you know equality and change and you know you know social and economic you know growth and progression and things of that nature like i think that they you know do a great job of you know trying to keep you know trying to bring everyone together as opposed to most you know people tearing you know each other apart kind of deal you know yeah so um so um uh, with b um it was on the good music um label which is kanye's um little label um so it's kanye it's heavily kanye produced and you can tell um but from the opening strings of the intro which slowly but sh- slowly but surely built into another beautiful kanye west production you knew this was going to be something special um i want to be as free as the spirits of those who left said comment on the album's first lines. I'm talking Malcolm, Coltrane, and my man Youssef. Um, B wasn't just a great album. It was a return to form for both Kanye and Common. 
Um, and on his previous effort in 2002's uh, Electric Circus, the artist formerly known as Common Sense went too far left and made a critically panned commercial flop. Um, he did get super heavily political um, in that album. Uh, I still thought it was a good album, but I can see where people weren't feeling it. Um, yeah, I mean, Kanye produced uh, nine of the 11 tracks on this album. Yeah. So, right. Um, so, uh, on previous ups, I already said that. Uh, meanwhile, although he was riding high off the success of late registration, Kanye had simply gone too right in his quest to become the biggest pop star on the planet. Not true, but okay. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, both Ye and Common uh, needed to return to the roots. They both needed to find that balance. They both needed to go back to Chicago, which is so ridiculous when it comes to talking about Kanye because that was his form all the way up to... But, all right, sidetrack. Um, <laughs> they did this, Jack, masterfully. Um, B... Uh, Kanye whipped together some of his best work while going for a more subtle approach and at the stadium status sound that would later define his career while Common provided soulful barbs and thoughtful um, size and spades um, and welcome to say and uh, you would say Shy City which uh, man like that album um, I'm trying to remember um, did you guys ever watch or listen to the uh, you guys remember the song Testify on this album? Yes, yes. I remember the music video to it. Yeah, as I was about to say, the video, like that story. And to think that song is only two and a half minutes long, it feels like it's five minutes long. Yeah, I, I mean, when you talk about immersion, when you, like, you're taking somebody out of the world that they're in and placing them in this world that you're, you're speaking about and you're creating, it does, you know, it, 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 it's a testament to how good of a storyteller that Common was. Yeah, yeah, like it's just so like, and the, the twist at the end of the song. I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't listened to it. Go listen to it. Seriously, yeah. you need to listen, listen to, to it. Listen to it. The music video accompanies the song so perfectly. Well. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, I think yeah. If if this would have been in like any other rap like album, like the beats and the lyrics wouldn't have meshed well. It had to be an like a hip hop Kanye West kind of soulful thing for it to really work um because a lot of these songs like go um go, him go. About, yeah, yeah so picking out girls you know and making love to her and so like, like i mean like i said common is a real he's very lyrical like he does paint pictures almost every song on here um the corner is a really good one too that i um, like um they say uh there's just so many like but like each one paints a perfect picture in my opinion yeah Definitely an underrated underrated album for, for sure. Chip, what about you? Oh, definitely, um, definitely underrated. Uh, like like Roger and I were talking while you went to go check your phone. Um, Common is one of those artists that just doesn't get enough play um, from from beginning to end. Like <clears throat> you know, Roger, you were saying that if he put out an album today, you'd go listen to it. Well, he did just put out an album. Really. Uh, yeah, in October of uh, last year. Let me go to Spotify real quick. He, he did. Go. It's called um, A Beautiful Revolution. Uh, I, I know that's going to be, especially coming out in 2020, I yeah. know that's going to be a banger. Well, it's only got nine songs, though. So so is it like an EP, LP kind of thing? I, I, guess, I guess so. But uh, yeah, it's only got nine songs. And I, I didn't know until 
now that that album had released so i'm gonna go listen to that of course that's on my uh my to-do list for tomorrow while i'm working um but yeah i mean i i I thought this album was was really good uh I, i i would say that it's um it's probably a classic for sure yeah absolutely definitely classic so that being said, yeah, we kind of we kind of a little bit longer than what I thought we were we were going to go. I mean, we had 25 songs to uh talk about, but man, we just kept on talking and kept on talking and kept on reminiscing about different songs and different albums and yeah, we we kind of went a little bit overboard a little bit over time, but it's all good. Um we would definitely have a part 2 to this. Um and uh we thank you guys for listening to this episode of Battle Topics here on the Patreon channel. Uh Chip, Roger, anything you guys want to say before we get out here tonight? Uh, well, um, you, you know, know you would. I was just saying, uh, <laughs> in in two weeks we'll be dropping uh, the next edition of Rap Rewind, where we talk about the uh, Marshall Mathers LP. Uh, and two weeks after that, we'll do the second part to this series of the twenty five rap albums from the past decade that should be considered classics. Um, as always, check out MovementRadio.us. That's your one-stop shop for everything Movement Radio. And if you just so happen to be listening to this on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. Uh, It really helps the algorithm. It doesn't do anything to help us with money or anything, but it helps the algorithm so more people can find our podcast. Absolutely. Roger, anything? Um, Yeah. Well, same thing. If you're listening on Spotify, uh, downloads um, really help with the algorithm, too. I mean, like like Chip says, it doesn't do anything with us like getting advertisement or anything like that. It's just for other people to find us, um, really. Um, so that's all really matters. We just want to be able to listen. I mean, we love doing this for you guys. Um, the Patreon, obviously, you're, if you're listening to this, you're on the Patreon. You know, just a dollar a month goes a long way. Um, you know, just thank you guys for listening, you know, being there with us through all this. And if you guys are liking this, Leave a review no matter what. I mean, we had somebody leave us a review on uh, Facebook the other day, which was really good too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, it, I mean, like, it, it really meant something because, I mean, somebody was being honest about it. You know, they liked us too. Um, you know, that's, that's what's up. That's what we want to know. Like, you guys be honest with us. If you like us, you know, be like, hey, these guys are really good. You know, share or something. If we are, you know, doing bad at something, tell us. You know, we're not going to get mad. We're trying to do this better for you guys. Exactly, exactly. Uh, a couple shout-outs real quick exactly. before we get out here tonight. Uh, Shout-out to Sean Thompson at Thompson Personal Training. Um, you know, I actually worked out with him today uh, for about an hour and a half and uh, pretty much did a death trap, hit the bag. Just pretty much he just brutalized me today with cardiovascular workouts and strength core training. Um, but yeah, definitely check him out. Thompson personal training on Facebook. If you do sign up for three months, he will give you the fourth month. Absolutely free. Uh, all you gotta do is go to Sean, uh, go to visit Sean Thompson on Facebook, Thompson personal training, see what that's all about. Shout out to our buddies, Jennifer and Jason over at chronic conversations. Their podcast is doing very well. Shout out to you guys over there. Um, shout out to my homeboy, uh, Ivan Montanez and his, uh, Twitch channel. Um, uh, Unleashed Demon, so go check him out. Um, a lot of cool things coming down the pike for Movement Radio right now. Uh, we got a lot, we got a list like a mile long of uh, guests that we're going to try to get on upcoming episodes of an evening with. Uh, we still have our um, uh, Haunting of series that, are, that that we're still doing, and we are not that 
far along. We got less. I think we're a little over 16 states left in order until until we get completely done with that series and then starting our brand new series that Roger's going to be a part of. We're not going to give you the name or any details yet, but just know that it will be replacing the hauntings of, and we do think you guys will enjoy that series just as much as you have enjoyed it, but we hope that you enjoy the series just as much as you've enjoyed the hauntings of. That being said, guys, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Battle Topics. We love you. We thank you, and we'll see you guys next time right here on Movement Radio. Chip, let's hit him with the outro. Please do not leave without leaving us a like, comment, share, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform. Follow us on all of our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Go to the YouTube channel, subscribe, click that bell to get notified of our latest videos right here on the Patreon channel and movementradio.us. I am Chip Hazard. I am Talon Williams. And I'm Roger Sierra. And this is Movement Radio. God's plan.